If someone were to ask you, what do you need the most these days? I wonder what you would say. Some of you might say, I just need more money. Some of you might say, I need more time. Some of you may say, I need a husband. Others may say, they need to get rid of a husband. This morning we're going to talk about what is God really like. Please take out those sermon notes that have been prepared for you. In the introduction, we emphasize God is not some impersonal force. So we want to ask the question, why would God even be interested in meeting my needs? Obviously, God doesn't need me, so why? Well, it has to do with the kind of God that he is. Because of who he is. And Jesus, he exploded all the stereotypes of God. When he came to this earth, it wasn't may the force be with you. God is not some angry tyrant waiting to deal you a short stick. God is not some apathetic creator that doesn't really care. So look at Matthew 6, verse 9. We read it together out loud. This is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. And we look at Martin Luther's small catechism. Let me read from the 1986 edition. What does this mean, Martin Luther said? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. So Jesus identified God in two specific words in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus calls God our Father. Circle those two words in Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus wants you and me to think of him as a father. Now that is a very radical idea. Do you realize that in the entire Old Testament, God is called Father only seven times? In this chapter of Matthew's Gospel alone, Jesus called God fathers over ten times. And Jesus called God and told us to call God Father over 70 times in the four Gospels. So God wants you and me to know that God, like a father. The point I want to make here is that God is a person. He's not some power. May the force be with you. I can get to know a person. I can have a relationship with a person. And the problem is that for many people today, Father conjures up some negative images. It's a bad experience. It brings back bad childhood memories. It arouses regret, sometimes resentment and anger. See, some people do not have good images of that word, Father. You remember that your mother said, you just wait till your father gets home? Then you go to Sunday school and the teacher says, God is like your father. And you say, no, thank you. That's not the way God is. I'm not interested. Some fathers really do make their home a hell on earth. They're very inconsistent. They're selfish. They're demanding. They neglect their kids. They are abusive. So Jesus qualifies that term for all of us by saying, our father, what? Our Father in heaven. It's a heavenly Father. God is a perfect heavenly Father. 
in contrast to all of us, who are human fathers, are very, very imperfect. So this morning we want to look at four characteristics of what kind of father God is. So in your notes, number one, God is a caring father. God is a caring father. He's loving. He's considerate. He's compassionate. He's a caring father. And this is most important. If you get nothing more this morning, know this. You each matter to God. God really cares about you. He loves you. He is interested in you. Look at Psalm 104, verse 13. Please read it with me together, out loud. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. This is God's most outstanding characteristic. He's caring. One time Jesus was with his disciples out on the Sea of Galilee in a boat. A storm came up. They started taking on water. They were sinking. They were tossed back and forth. The disciples right there asked a very important question. The ultimate question. Lord, don't you care? Have you ever felt like that? They were drowning. They were going under. Don't you care? And the answer was, of course, yes, I care. I care a lot. And you have a heavenly father that cares a lot. Look at 1 Peter 5, verse 7. He says, cast all your anxiety on because he what? He cares for you. So do you understand in your notes? Do you understand how much God really cares? Does God care about your health? Yes. Does he care about your house payment? Yes. Does he care about your grades in school? Yeah. Does he care about how you get along with your family? Yeah. I'd love to see my kids succeed. God wants you to be taken care of too and to be succeed also. One person said, you know, my problem is I just don't love God enough. I said, no, that's not your real problem. The real problem is that you do not understand how much God really loves you. See, when you know and when you believe that God really cares and that you matter to God, that he is always has his eye upon you in love, then you're going to love him back. You're going to love him who first loved you in Jesus. Because God is a caring father. Number two in your notes, God is also a consistent father. God is caring and God is consistent. He's reliable. He can be counted on. He's dependable. He's consistent. Look at James 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from the Father who what? Who does not change like shifting shadows. I want you to circle those words. Does not change. Some fathers are very unpredictable. Teenagers will say, I never know what to expect from my dad. I can't figure him out. Sort of depends on the mood that he has. In your notes, write this down. Fill in the blank. Inconsistent fathers produce insecure kids. And God, however, is a consistent father. He's not moody. 
God has never had a bad day. God is never grouchy when he wakes up in the morning. Like the wife who was asked, did you wake up grouchy this morning? She said, no, I let him sleep. God is not grouchy. God loves you just as much on your off days as he does on your on days. Both your bad days and your good days. Because, see, God is consistent. Look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. Please read that verse with me together out loud. Even if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. It says that there, even when I am unfaithful, God still can be counted on. Because he's faithful, he's reliable. And that's really good news. You know, everything in this world is changing constantly. While everything else is falling apart and changing on me daily, there's one thing I know that I can always, always count on. I can always count on God to act the same way towards me tomorrow. No matter how I feel, God is always caring. God is always consistent. You see, all man-made religions of the world make God to be some kind of temperamental tyrant. A God where you have to appease him daily. You have to be nice and be good so that you will be on his good side. So then you can get to heaven. In fact, you work your way to heaven in man-made religions. The Bible says, no, you don't work your way to heaven. That's man-made. God so loved the world to him that he gave. He gave his only son, the lost, to save. That's the good news. You see, the number one cause of resentment and rebellion in children today, according to studies, number one cause is broken promises by parents. You break your promises, but God, God always keeps his promises. Bumper sticker says, God said said it, I believe it, and it settles it. So number one, God is a caring father. Number two, God is a consistent father. And in your notes, number three, God is also a close father. The Bible says, makes him very clear that God is nearby. He's very nearby when we need him. He's available. He's accessible. He is a close father. Look at Acts 17, 27. The apostle Paul says, God did this so people would, what? Reach out for him and find him since he is not far from each one of us. Circle that phrase, he is not far. God is not a million miles away. God is right here with you. And God wants to be in you when you open your heart to him and your life. So let me give you then three encouraging statements that you really need to remember when you start feeling alone or you feel distant from God. On the back of your notes, number one, remember this. God is never too busy. No, God is never too busy for me. Look at Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him. What does that mean? It means that when you pray in your notes, you never get a busy signal. Never. He never oversells access to his presence. Whenever you have a problem, God is never going to say, not now, I'm busy. God's switchboard is never too busy. And God can handle all your requests. And you can talk to him at any time. Secondly, in your notes number two, the second encouraging statement is God loves to meet my needs. He never is too busy, but he loves to meet my needs. 
Look at Matthew 7, verse 11. So it says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It says that if you as human fathers know how to give good gifts, and I love to give gifts to my kids, and I'm a very imperfect father, but how much more does a perfect father know how to give good gifts to us? So God is never too busy for me. God loves to meet my needs. And the third encouraging statement, remember, in your notes number three, God is sympathetic to my hurts. So if you're feeling low today, God understands. At times when you don't even know why you are hurting, God can know and God understands completely. Look at Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's a close God. In fact, Jesus uses the Aramaic form for the word father. When he calls God father in the Aramaic, God was called Abba. That's a simple word that even babies could learn very quickly. Abba. Sort of like mama and dada. It's a most intimate relationship, meaning daddy. And God says that when you come to him, that's the kind of relationship he wants to have with each one of you. He wants an intimate, personal, and loving relationship. Abba. When my children were smaller, as I came home from work, can you imagine them saying something like, Oh, almighty procreator of our family, awesome ruler of our home, thou who dost supremely control our finances. No, you got to be kidding. It was daddy. It was an intimate, loving relationship. That's the way God wants us to relate to him. Number one, God is a caring father. Number two, God is a consistent father. Number three, God is a close father. And finally, in your notes, number four, God is a capable father. God can handle any problem that you give to him. He's capable. Nothing is beyond his resources. Whatever problem you have at home, at work, in school, God is capable of handling it. Look at Luke 1, verse 37. Please read that verse with me together out loud. For nothing is impossible with God. That states it pretty clearly, doesn't it? I'm amazed at the things that kids expect their fathers to fix. Every broken toy or every dismembered doll. Daddy, fix it. Dads know all things. They fix everything. They think their kids think they can afford everything. Heard one young man say, my dad can beat up your dad. The other boy says, big deal, so can my mom. The father was an incredibly hard worker. My father worked construction work. He was a mechanic for large equipment. And he fixed all the neighbors' cars and trucks in our garage. He farmed and he milked cows. He had so much energy, but he still was limited. But in your notes, God, our Heavenly Father, he is unlimited resources. Look at Ephesians 3, verse 20. Read it with me. God is able to do far more than we would dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. So you think of the biggest project that you can think of, God can handle it. Think of the biggest problems, God can do it. In the words of the hymn writer, 
We want to sing the song, Oh, oh Lord, my God. God says that he wants to meet all your needs. So stop looking to other gods. Your need will not be met in your job. Your needs are not going to be met in increased wages and benefits. Your need is not in your house. It's not in your house and your possessions. It's not in your wife or your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. God wants you to look always and only to him. Because God takes care of his children. So in conclusion, let me ask, in your notes, is everybody a child of God the Father? Be careful how you answer that. Because how do you get into God's family? Is God the Father of everybody? Well, the answer is kind of yes and no. It's both. Everybody is a child of God by creation because God did make us all. But you see, sin... Sin broke that perfect relationship between man and God. And in your notes, sin separates us from God our Father. We are separated from God because of sin. We are born into this world in sin and under the bondage of sin. So in our rebellion, then, we are no longer children of God. In sin, we fall under the wrath and the judgment of God. But then look at Galatians 3, verse 26. And this is how we once again find a relationship with God as our loving Father. Please read it with me together out loud. We are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not until you know Jesus Christ and believe in him do you have that personal relationship with God. And you can call him Abba. Because faith in Jesus alone brings us together. And in your notes, Jesus alone is the bridge into being a member of God's family. Trust Jesus, and you will know what God is really like. Because God is a caring father. God is your consistent father. God is your close father. And God is your capable father. Amen.